Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Easter Sunday morning and for the great privilege we have in you. Bless us, heal us, minister to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You are looking for 1 Corinthians chapter 15. My message is entitled, Stand Up Dead Man. Why should I stand up? In, uh, have you got 1 Corinthians chapter 15? Right. And just keep it there and just go to Revelations chapter 20. And verse 12 it says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things that were written in the book of life. Amen. Now, for just a short while on this beautiful Easter Sunday morning, I want to share with you um, something very important. I believe, uh, Bible says, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before the throne and before the Lord. Now, dead people lie down. Is that not so? And so the fact that they were standing means that they had been raised from the dead. And that is what is going to happen. I saw them stand before God and the books were opened. And ladies and gentlemen, as we stand before God, why are we being asked to rise from the dead? Okay. Uh, Sometimes when I wake up my son, you know, in in the morning or at early, you know, hours of the day to, you know, why am I waking him up? It's to go and learn, study. What do you think? Huh? Sometimes you are waking up, you know, for what other reason? To get up, you have to go out, you have a meeting, isn't it? Sometimes you are waking up because you have to travel. Sometimes you are waking up because uh, some bad news is happening and you listen to it. Amen. Are you there? So, ladies and gentlemen, there will be a standing up from the dead. And that standing up will be the final resurrection. So one day you will lie down, but one day you will stand up, rising from the dead. Why? Why will you stand up? Why will you be brought up from the dead? All right. And the Bible says, And I saw the dead standing before God, and the books were opened. And the books were opened. The books, 
there were two different books. Bible says, let, let's look at it again, Revelations 20. And I saw the books was, were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. The reason why resurrection will happen for us is to receive whatever we have done or are doing in our physical bodies, judgment for it. All right? So we will be judged according to our works. And then verse 15 says, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life, right, was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if your name is not registered in the book of life itself, you will be cast into the lake of fire. Do you believe these things? Yes. You believe them. Yes. All right. So, you must trust God that he is a fair and just God. And so, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verse 51, we see, Behold, I show you a mystery. Amen. Amen. We shall not all sleep. Amen. But we shall be changed. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the reasons why God is going to raise us up one day is so that we shall all be changed. We need to be changed. Amen. Amen. How many realize that even though you are born again, there are certain things which haven't changed? I'm just from prison. I was preaching there. After that, a member of my church came to see me. Said, I am a church member. I am in this particular church. He mentioned his pastor, the pastor of the church, and this and that and so on. I said, Wow. And I just asked him, What did you how did you get here? And then he told me. But what was most significant was the question I asked when I was preaching to all those prisoners there. I asked them. How many of you belong to a church before you did what you did and came to this place? And they all raised their hands. We were all in the church. We were all supposed to be Christians. And many of them are murder suspects, big time thieves, drug addicts, what have you. You know? How many have realized that and you know, when you go to the prison, one of the things that should strike you first is that you are blessed not to be there yourself. Because I tell you, the people that are in prison are just like you and just like me. One time, a pastor went to the prison and he came back and he said, I tell you, I went to Insawan prison and I saw Salome and all those guys. <laughs> you know the ministers who are, are put in prison yeah he said I saw Salome and all those guys and he said I told the people that it's by the grace of God do you know that if you fight with somebody and the person uh, let's say dies within one year to one day, one year and one day after you have fought with the person, the person dies or something happens, do you know that they will come for you? 
Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are people there who fought with someone. They left. They went to the person was found dead the next day, or the person was found dead sometime after. And anything like that that happens to the person, one year and one day after you were in contact with the person, they'll come for you and ask. And he's there. It has not been proved, but he's still there. Hmm? So you see that when the guy said, I saw Salome and all those guys, he said, it's by the grace of God that we are not here ourselves. Many of us have done wilder things. Huh? And you were not caught. There are people who are drug dealers, we smokers, and when we were giving them books, people were saying, some of the people were saying, don't give, they didn't want us to give the books. You know, but I wanted to give the books because they said some of the people are going to use it to smoke weed. They use the pages to smoke weed. So we shouldn't give, but I wanted to give. <laughs> it was a whole pandemonium there this morning. Hey, what am I trying to say? How many of you realize that you could have been in prison? Raise your hand if you realize that you could have been in prison. Now they have a marital rape. There's a new law they are bringing in Ghana that you can rape your wife. Most of us will be sentenced. <laughs> Seven years imprisonment. Seven years imprisonment. Marzi. Seven years. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a foolish law like that? But that's the law that they are bringing. A new law. My law of marital rape. <laughs> Reverend Saki, you, you could have been for life. <laughs> and the top of you come, I saw Saki and all those guys. <laughs> I tell you, it's just by grace that we are free and that we are walking around here. <laughs> it's wonderful. But you see, thank God the Bible says, you know, why will we be asked to stand up? The Bible says, for we shall all be changed. We shall all be changed. You see, when we talk about change, but I thought we were already changed. Weren't we changed when we were saved? Weren't we changed when we were born again? You know, that, that change that happened when we were born again was a change in the heart. Was a change in the spirit. Jesus said, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, it's a spiritual experience and the spirit gives birth to a new spirit or a new heart or a new inside of a person. Which inside am I talking about? Remember the rich man who died and the Bible says, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes. Eyes? Remember we buried his eyes. He lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth. Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. But by that time, Abraham should have turned into sand and dust. But he saw Abraham and Lazarus in his bosom. And he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, for I am tormented in this flame. I pray thee, send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his where? His finger. But remember that the finger is attached to the hand, which is attached to the arm, which is attached to the body. So you see that they are describing a body. He should dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. Oh, where is the tongue? 
inside the mouth. So the mouth is there. The rich man's mouth was there. His head, everything. He looked just like himself. That's why when we get to heaven, you will recognize me. I will recognize you. You will recognize your friends. You recognize your relatives. And you'll be able to say, ah, Lazarus. One brother called me two days ago. He said, I I just seen Elijah and Moses. I said, how do you know? He said, I I had a vision. And I saw this. As soon as I saw them, I knew this was Elijah and this was Moses. I wanted to call you and tell you. I said, it's good. I asked, did you talk to them? So I didn't talk to them. So next time, talk to them before before they vanish. (laughs) But we will recognize one another. Hallelujah. Uh, Moses and all these guys are already dead long time. But your spirit lives on forever. So you see, when, when you are saved, you can still kill someone. When you are saved, you can still commit fornication. How many have committed fornication since you got saved? Give me a wave. Yeah, I know there's no one like that in the church. Yeah, you know there's no one like that in the church. Turn to the person sitting next to you and say, Brother, you, you, are, you should have waved your hand so that you will not lie on Easter Sunday, you know? How many have told a lie since you were born again? That's why you raise your hand. Hey, so you can raise your hand. I thought you didn't have hands. How many have stolen since you were born again? You stole something. You've been a thief since you were born again. But we shall be changed. That's why one day you hear a voice shouting to you, Robert, stand up. Wake up. Change, Robert. The Bible says we shall be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. One day a brother was committing fornication. It's a story they used to tell us always when we were in the church. And then there was a big omnibus passing outside the house or reversing or something and then as you know it was fornicating then he, the bus i think there were there was somebody in front or whatever so the bus driver blew the horn and you see these big buses you get it this the, the horn sounds like a trumpet so he blew the horn and the brother jumped out of the bed and put on his clothes and his belt and everything because he thought that jesus had come <laughs> he thought it was the last trumpet as he was doing he was so scared and so frightened so when he came out and it was the omnibus he was oh god thank you for giving me mercy one more day one more chance another chance how many are glad that god is a god of another chance hallelujah amen so we shall be changed the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed you see that phrase keeps on being repeated we shall be changed is it that we are not good is john wesley not a good person he's a good person but there is something that still needs to be changed that's why pastors have faults that's why you can be a lady pastor a reverend pastor a bishop or whatever but you still have to be changed and that's why we are not perfect and that's why god uses that thing as a test for all of us he uses imperfect people to minister 
Always. He doesn't use angels. He has never tried to use an angel. That's why sometimes there are angels with us, but they rarely speak to us. Because he uses imperfect vessels. And whether you can be humble enough to receive and obey and flow with the imperfect that God gives to you, it's a test for your humility. Hallelujah. We shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. Hallelujah. Corruptible. To be corruptible means to be spoilable. You can be spoiled. Your heart can be spoiled. Your body can be spoiled. Just look in the mirror and you see things are already getting spoiled. How many have realized that you are young but things are already getting spoiled? Wave your hand if you've noticed things are getting corrupted already. Huh? Things are changing. Things are changing. Things are sagging. Things are... Uh, 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 what? Things are expanding. Things are shrinking. Things are turning to crimpled, pimpled, spotted. I mean, something that was a lion has turned into a leopard with spots. Shriveling. Crimp, crumpled, crumpled, huh? Fading. The, the fair are becoming darker. Darker are becoming fairer. The smooth are becoming rough. If you shake hands with some people, you can feel it. Time and wear. <laughs> where, 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 where and tear. Time. Time has passed on the thing. Wear and tear. Fading. Withering. Shriveling. Limping. That which was straight has become like wrinkling, spotting, changing, graying. Black has become gray. Gray has become white. Oh, corruptible, mortal. But one day, Papa, there shall be a sound, sound of a trumpet. And those bad thoughts you have, how many realize that you naturally have bad thoughts? Give me a wave of it. If the natural, but the bad thoughts come more easily than the good thoughts. How many have had bad thoughts come into your mind? You, you don't like the thoughts. One time I was walking with a pastor in London. And as we were walking along, quietly, I don't know. Then he suddenly shouted, Satan, shut up! So I just looked at him. He said, oh, the devil was talking to me, so I, I had to tell the devil to shut up. How many have had the devil talking to you before? You have to tell him, you shut up, Satan. And you wonder how Satan is able to put such thoughts in your mind. And then they work and they go on in windows and I mean deeper revelations of those thoughts. Hey, we shall be changed. So we can, we can be in heaven and relate. Regina said he went to heaven. And then he met a lady, a, a beautiful um, woman who was a former wife of a pastor. And as he was relating with her, 
he said, I mean, how come I'm able to relate with you like this? You know, you are so pure. And then everything is, and, and the woman will say, yeah, you see, you, the corruption, the corruption from F is what he was trying to bring some of that thing to the vision that he was having. <laughs> it's like our pure, whatever, it's like something corrupt wants to come into everything. Huh? Every relationship is corrupted. You are not sure anymore whether it's a pure relationship, pure thoughts. But thank God, one day you hear a voice say, stand up. And that will be the end of all these temptations. You put the body down and you shall put, take on an incorrupt. Incorruptible means that you, you can't. Even if you want to be bad, you can't be bad. Wow, how many would like to be at a place where you can't be bad? How many would be, like to be at a place where you can't be bad? Even, even if it's presented to you, you won't be bad. Ah. In fact, I think I would like that. How many would like that to give, give away to the Lord? One day you will hear the, the, the sound and you will not be able to do bad things again. You will not be able to think bad thoughts again. Eh? You cannot be tempted again like that. Oh! How many are tired of temptations? We are tired. It's too much. How many I want to be free from temptations? I love it. Amen. I'm being blessed myself. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this corruption shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Oh, the sting of death. How many have been stung by a bee before? That is how death is. When you hear the news of the death of someone close and someone that you love, there is a certain feeling that remains with you when you are eating, when you are drinking, when you are resting, when you wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the day, all the time there is a feeling that is there, it's around you, it's the sting of death. Death, where is your victory? Grave, where is your sting? There's a feeling that comes with death. The hopelessness of death. The hopelessness of that whole thing. And the uselessness of it. It is said that the highest stress and trauma that a person can go through is the death of his spouse or her spouse. And the second is divorce. There are terrible stresses. You may not know. You may not know what the value is till it happens. And then you see what it is to go through. You know? I tell you, and there's a sting. And most people who come for the funeral, they just come wearing their black clothes. <laughs> and when they see the person who is bereaved, they just straighten their face. Oh, our condolences, our condolences, our condolences. But the one who is elite, and a few people, they have been stung. The sting is there. They feel it. I said they feel it. But the saying shall surely come to pass. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is your sting? The pain will be gone and the crying will be gone. That's one of the reasons why the Lord is going to raise us up. There'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death. Are you excited about what Jesus has done for us? Hallelujah. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the final verse says, Therefore, 
my beloved brethren, because of all this, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. This is a resurrection verse. That therefore, because of the resurrection, and because of the raising up of Christ and the raising up of our body, therefore, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He never said, always abound more in the work of this earth, the work of the Lord, because that is where your labor is not in vain. Every work you do on this earth is in vain. Those who acknowledge you will acknowledge you for a short while and soon you will be forgotten. You will become a forgotten ghost. Do you understand when I say a forgotten ghost? You'll be forgotten. You may build great things but you'll be a forgotten ghost. When we pass by the Kwame Nkrumah Mausoleum, There's a forgotten ghost there. It is Rollins who went and even brought that body and brought it here to raise it up. But somebody who built and did so many things for Ghana is a forgotten ghost today. You know, I've been studying certain things, history. Do you know Commander Hill? Do you know Commander Hill? And the Fanti Confederation and the Bond of 1844. Uh, when he signed the pact with Ghana and they took over all forgotten ghosts. Sir Gordon Gadgesberg, from 1919 to 1927, he was the governor of this country. Forgotten ghosts. He built the Kolibu Teaching Hospital, Takradi Harbor, railways, different things in this country, hospitals. It's a forgotten ghost. For as much as you know that one thing, that your labor, which is labor in the Lord, is not in vain. Commander Hill may be forget, forgotten. Sir Allen Burns, the last governor of the Gold Coast, is forgotten. I don't even know him. Did you know? You didn't know. Yeah. All forgotten ghosts. How many want to be a forgotten ghost or you want to be an honored saint in the presence of the Lord? How many want the Lord to put a crown and say, oh, honored saint, honored saint. I want to be a forgotten ghost. No. No. You don't have to be a forgotten ghost. And that's why I said, therefore, you see the resurrection? Therefore, for as much as you see that your labor in the Lord is not in vain, then work for God. Because every other work is useless. Let your strength be directed towards God. Let your money be directed towards God. Give him the best that you can. I want to give him my very best till I see him one day. For as much as I know that my labor is not in vain in the Lord. I know that's the labor that is not in vain. If I work for Valco, it's in vain. If I work for Pharaoh, it's in vain. But if I work for him, it is an honor. There is a lady. She worked for Oral Roberts. 
when he started his crusades, she came, the, there were three of them, then he, and then he had about 200 of them. They were working for an oil company. Oil. Drilling oil. You can imagine how much they were earning. But when they had the crusades and she came to work, she, she became the one who was typing the letters, or they became the one who were typing the letters for Ora Roberts. And after they did it voluntarily for a while, it's like they needed people. And she said, it's the greatest honor of my life to type such letters. It's a greater honor than to work for the oil company. And she worked for him for 47 years. She said he's the first and only secretary he ever had. From the age of 18 to the age of 65. She said it's the greatest honor. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain in the Lord. It's the greatest honor for me. What a blessing. I said, what a blessing. Is it not a great honor, Pastor Fabian? For you to sell BMWs. What were you selling before? BMW. And you were working for BMWs. Yes. Germans. Germans. And you were selling cars. Selling cars. <laughs> Are you glad that you work for the Lord today? I'm so glad, Bishop. I'm so blessed. Very, very good. It's a blessing. What an honor. Huh? Is it not an honor? Pray for that honor to be given to you to work for Him, for Jesus. And even if you don't work full time, you can work for Him. And when God gives you a little chance on Tuesday evening or Thursday evening to work for the Lord, it's the, that's the best time of the week for you. That's, that's, that's the crowning moment of your whole week when you can give the Lord two hours and three hours of your time. For that is the only three hours of the whole week that is not in vain. Of the whole week. I said that's the only three hours of the whole week that is not in vain. For as much as you know, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Is it not a marvelous, blessing, wonderful, great, stupendous blessing? You know, you people, I can't help but be happy that I work for the Lord. I'm trying to hide it, but I'm so happy that I work for him. I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm so blessed. I feel God has honored me. Am I not honored to work for God? Hey, I've been promoted highly. It's the great honor. I will not know where, what to do. I mean, what would I be doing? I know where I'll be. I'll be in a clinic somewhere. But God has blessed me so much that I should work for him. Not blessed me that he has given me a car or a house, but he has blessed me that I should be added to the people that work for him. Oh, please. And I want you to take your part in this great honor. Support it. Help it. Remember one day they will ask you, Johnny, stand up. Rosina, stand up. You'll be changed. And then you stand before him. The books will be open. Quick, stand up. Osofo, they call you Osofo when you are around. Stand up. Stand up and listen to your judgment. Mercy. But I know that on that day, you'll be glad. And you'll be full of rejoicing. Stand to your feet, everybody.
For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. I want to just pray with you as we close. Father, thank you for an opportunity to come to church once again. Lord, as we close this service, I want to ask if there's anyone here, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Before I take my seat, Pastor, please pray with me. Somebody invited me to your church on this Easter Sunday, but in my heart, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a born again. Listen, Jesus said, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And if you are here today, I want to give your life to God. I want me to pray with you as you give your life to Jesus on this Easter Sunday. Lift just your right hand up high. Just your right hand. Lift it up high wherever you stand because I need to pray with you. God bless you. Lift it up high. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see all your hands. Lift it up high. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God this day. If you've lifted your hand up, I want you to do one more thing and come to me in front here. There's room for you in the front here. Just come from where you're standing. My lady in the green, brother over there at the back, sister over there, everywhere. Just come right now. There's room. There's room at the cross for me. Though millions have come, though millions have come, there is still room. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Close your eyes and mean it from the bottom of your heart. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Forgive me for my sins. I receive Jesus as my Savior. Please forgive me for all my sins. Please cleanse me in the blood of Jesus. From this moment, I give my heart. I give my soul. I give my life to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Please write my name. In the book of life, today, I receive Christ. I believe in Christ. I receive Jesus as my Savior, my Lord, and my Master. Heavenly Father, please write my name in the book of life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a mighty clap, our friend. And I want you to go with our lady pastor who's waving her hand this way. And she'll come back with you. Okay, just go this way. Just wave your hand. So don't, don't call them. Lift your hand high and let them follow you, please. Just go this way. Thank you so they can see you. All right. God bless you. Give a mighty clap, our friend. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love 
and of a sound mind.